0: for they loved not their lives, even unto death. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea. For the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. You know, he can come down with all the wrath he wants. He can go crazy if he wants. He can go full out. He, he can go all that he can go and a little bit more and greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world (laughs) thank you lord glory to your name you're good you're let's all stand hallelujah we win we win we win glory to god we win Father, thank you that we win. Lord, thank you that you are our victory. Thank you, Lord, that you are the conqueror. Thank you, Lord God, that we are in you, and because you conquer, we conquer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for it, Lord God. Thank you for it, Lord God. You're so good. Hallelujah. Thank you for it, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. glory Glory. hallelujah glory Glory. Glory. thank you lord hallelujah 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 thank you for it lord father tonight as we worship you as we, we listen for you as we follow you as we obey you lord I thank you that the name of Jesus be lifted high that the name of Jesus be lifted up and all all men be drawn unto you. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to go into a time of worship. As the Lord leaves, we're just going to follow the Holy Spirit. You can stand, you can sit, you can, you can jump, you can dance. You can run, you can do whatever... You can do whatever the Lord leads you to do. Just enter in and be free and enjoy. Amen? Amen. Let's go.
1: I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I have blessed you. I have placed myself in you. And given you gifts. Because I love you. My hope is good towards you for peace, for blessing, because I love you.
0: When the Holy Spirit leads you, it doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always, you know, you might think, well, you're kind of thinking it through, this is the way things happen. And, and when you... Usually the things He asks you to do don't make sense. That's why it takes faith to step out in them. And just now, I'm just, I, I'm not, what I'm doing, a little awkward, but it's a teachable moment. Jessica was playing that song. And then she stopped. She'd been playing it for quite some time. I mean, we've been playing it for a while. She's been playing it for a while. And I just stood up and I said, is that song done? And she goes, no. And that's the whole thing. It just, you know, I mean, look, we've been playing this song for a long time. And shouldn't we just keep on? But, or, you step out in faith and you do something that may just be a little different, a little, a little strange, a little, you know, we may be stuck, I just told her, I said, we may be stuck on that song all night. I don't know. Because it's a great song. And everything that God asks us to do, anytime He asks us to step out, it takes our surrender. Even even to step out into something that's uncomfortable, it, it takes our surrender to say, okay... Fine. I'll do it. Whatever it may be. No different for worship leader, no, no different for me, no different for you. By faith, we step out of the boat. We step out into the unknown. Even though sometimes it's just like, why? Why would you have me do that? Why, why would we sing the same song over and over and over and over again for a whole night? I don't know. We're just following Him. So it's a teachable moment. It's an opportunity for us to... You know, there there may be some things the Holy Spirit is telling you to do right now that you're going, well, that's just a little different. I don't usually do that. I don't, I don't usually go there. I wouldn't do that thinking about it and reasoning it out exactly he wants us to get outside of our reason because he's bigger than that he's given us a mind absolutely he's given us a mind he's given us understanding he's given us wisdom he's given us knowledge but to truly step out to truly trust him to have to trust him that means we, we many times are going to step out into things that we've never done before. I believe there's some things that God wants to do tonight through us. Through us. Through us. That may, that it may necessarily, may not necessarily be something you've ever done before. And you're thinking, whoa, there's, there's somebody way more qualified than me to do that. No? I'd rather have the person who's anointed to do it, do it than somebody who's qualified to do it. There were all kinds of qualified people who could speak to Balaam. but he anointed a donkey you're all well above donkey level well above it irrespective of age sex years of walking with God or lack thereof. All it takes is a willing heart. A willing heart. An obedient heart. Even if it's uncomfortable. Even if you're thinking, whoa, no, that's just not even appropriate for me to get up and do this right now, to save this, or, or to go there, or to do whatever. And when I mean appropriate, I'm not talking about weird appropriate, all right? I'm just thinking about protocol. What people would call protocol. Our job is to hear His voice and obey. It's to follow Him. Follow Him. And He'll use the least Qualified person. Peter was not qualified to stand up and preach in front of 5,000 and get them all saved. He was an uneducated fisherman who turned the world upside down. I want to encourage us tonight take off the stops every one of us, every one of us take off the stops and to just follow the Holy Spirit where He wants to lead. Even if it just sounds a little like you mean we're going to play the same song over and over again all night? Very possible. She'll know. She knew. This is just, and this isn't a, this is a teachable moment. This is perfect. The way this happened was perfect. Because we all understand we all understand what that feels like to go. Well, I should do something. I should do something different. I should. I should say this, or I should. No, do what he tells you to do. Follow him. Because here's where it's safe. Here's where it's easy. Here's where. Here's where people love you and care about you, and will forgive you if you screw up.
1: Surrender our lives into Him. We don't lay them down for nothing. We've been talking about giving up those things in our lives for the sake of the cross, for the sake of our Lord and Savior. Surrender Surrender. He wants us to give ourselves up into him. That's why this song, I surrender. Do you? Do you surrender? Do you surrender? He wants to give up. He wants us to give up those things that are stopping us, that are keeping us from fulfilling the fullness of Christ in our lives I hear the Lord saying then surrender just surrender don't worry about what's going on around you let it go let go of it let it out whatever the Whatever's keeping you back, let it out. Let it go. Whatever's in your past is in your past. Whatever worries are in your future, they're in your future. Don't worry about it. Surrender. Because He loves you. He loves you. He loves you, He loves you, He loves you, He loves you, He loves you. No matter where you're at, what's going on in your life. Whether you feel capable or incapable, He loves you. Whether you've missed it, He loves you. He wants you to know that He loves you. And when he asks us to lay it down he doesn't ask us to suffer but so that we can walk in his love because he loves us surrender as we sing it, surrender
2: I want to be obedient and willing. The heart is willing, but um, I need to buy into fear right now because I love my Lord. And um, I believe a gift He's given me that I found um, in the last um, church I was at is when the worship team's playing. It's just to sing a desk chant, you know, and, and I want to encourage anyone that has that in their heart. To join along, what you do is just play, and that um, we sing. And um, I just feel there's such a healing that comes from just that purity. It's it's, it's not me, um, but I I hope and pray that it can bring some healing to you guys. And I hope I can pray, I can sing because I, you know you said this is a very safe place because God is here, and the anointing is here. And so, just pray for me that I can do it. And like I said, please sing along and, or is, is whatever the spirit brings to you because um, he's just he wants healing there's a lot of people hurting. and um, I've just gone through three months of trusting him for healing and God is good. He is our healer. so so um, don't, don't shy away, play, play loud. <laughs> To, we're not the most um, qualified, but yet you can use anyone, Lord. And we just thank you that um, just just keep working in us, and thank you for this week devoted to that. Um, we can grow stronger and united, and um, be ready for what's coming, Lord. We thank you.
3: God blessed me with Pastor Jonah for my pastor. And he's been with us now about two and a half years. And all during that time, he always includes how God loves us and how important it is to trust God. And I got home from church one Sunday and I thought you know we're missing something or he wouldn't have to keep on telling us and I enjoyed hearing it when he said it and so I said God is there something we're missing and he said yes you know my love but what are we doing with it? And he brought to mind a situation that I had when I was working in a domestic violence shelter. And these women would come in, and they were all beat up and hurting. Children were pounding on each other, and they were hurting. And a woman came in one day, and the director took her to the back into the shelter and gave her a bed to sleep in and told her where the food was. And I thought, she doesn't know anybody. And she's been left all alone. And for many years, I didn't hug anybody because I had been so hurt. And I'd go to church, and as soon as church was over with, I'd leave. I couldn't get out of there fast enough because I wasn't gonna let anybody hurt me ever again. And I went back in the shelter, and I said to her, is there anything I can do for you? And she yelled, no. And I said, I took her by the hand, and I said, you know something? I said, if you don't remember anything else about your being here, remember this. Jesus loves you, and I do too. And I held her. About three years later, I'm in a restaurant. Somebody's standing behind me, and they're hugging me, and the tears are running down my back. And I looked up, and it was this woman. And she said to me, I had to find you. She was crying. I just had to find you. And I said, why don't you sit down? I'll get you something to eat. And she sat down, and she says, but you don't understand. I had to find you. Do you remember what you did the day I came in the shelter? And I said, well, I remember you, but I don't remember what I did. She said, you held me. And you told me you loved me. And you told me Jesus loves me. And if it wouldn't have been for that, I wouldn't be sitting here today. How long does it take for us to give somebody a hug? How long does it take for us to smile at somebody or say something kind to them. Yes, God has given us a message. where to
4: share his love. The love of Jesus, the love of Jesus Christ does flow through each and every one of us, the love of Jesus. And as we surrender ourselves to him, That love flows as we surrender to Him day by day, moment by moment. Our thoughts, when they're negative, our thoughts when they're not of love, when we surrender, that love, that anointing flows through each and every one of us. And each and every one of us is anointed by the hand of God because He is in you and we are in Him. Individually and corporately, the love of God flows through each and every one of us. And as she sings that song over and over, I surrender, I surrender, the anointing of the Lord comes down and He says, Do you surrender? I will help you surrender. I will deliver you to surrender because he has chosen each and every one of us today to be in this place at this time, because he is anointing his people to save a lost world. Whether it be here in your neighborhood in the United States, or over in Uganda, France, Italy, he's going to send those who are willing to surrender from the wee little one of five to the 99 because he will use the love of Jesus Christ the Son of God anointed by the Father that dwells in us to serve and glorify him. Amen. Thank you Jesus. I surrender.
5: <clears throat> Pastor
6: John I says oh,
5: don't pass up an <clears> opportunity <throat> Excuse me, my voice is just fucked up. Anyway, last uh, Monday night, <coughs> this fellow uh, sitting over here, and he had crutches and stuff, you know, and I think we to up when we came in, and a little bit, uh, and anyway, uh, uh, Monday night came and, and left, and Tuesday night we came, and he was there again. So, uh, after Master got through up here and we we're the uh told us all done for the night uh, something just was was pulled on me to you know, just go talk to the guy. Yeah, pray with him. So uh, I talked to Byrne. I says I said, let's go pray with him. Of course. For, he didn't waste any time. We went over and, and he says he's, he's gone by this church a number of times up the highway and it never stopped in. And so we asked him, all right to pray for him? And he says yes. And uh, he'd been in crisis for a while and stuff. So we, we prayed with him and then I said something to him, You know, remember, uh, you're healed, don't, don't confess you're not healed. And uh, he thanked uh, me and Vern for praying for him. And, and uh, I was kind of looking for him uh, last night, and tonight, tonight I, I don't see him there. But uh, I just built the Lord say, get over there. So I made the move like I was supposed to do. It was a warm feeling inside of today. Just praise the Lord. Thanks for Jesus.
7: The Lord just wants me to come up here And confess something This is very humbling And I've been arguing with him (laughs) But I'm here (sighs) Fifteen years ago Next month I was in a hotel room And some things happened Between my husband and I And God has healed us. But that day in the hotel room, I had a vision, and I'm crying out to the Lord. And I'm asking Him, what do I do? And in the vision, He gave me a chalkboard. And on the chalkboard was my agenda for my life. And as he gave it to me, he gave me an eraser and he said, you have a choice. You erase your agenda and give it back to me and let me run your life. And so that day, I took the eraser and I erased the chalkboard and I gave it back to him and he said now get ready for the ride of your life and it has been it's been an amazing amazing roller coaster ride and then about six years ago the Lord told us to come here and I was in the back of the church and Pastor John came up to me and I'm like wanting to leave as fast as I could and because the Lord had spoke to me and said this is where you're supposed to stay and I didn't want to and he said and he finally got it out of me that what the Lord had said and he said well we want you here I didn't really believe in that day but I wanted to believe him. Then this, during this week the spirit of intimidation has ran my life. And probably not a lot of people would know that. Because I do the do because of my commitment to the Lord I said I will do what you want me to do no matter what so I have but not without fear and trembling and even sitting arguing with him even today to come up here and he said no because you will help people in this room tonight if you give this testimony I said, okay. So this afternoon, I'm sitting around the table with these wonderful, awesome people. And I remember what Pastor Claudia had spoke to me up here on, I think it was Sunday night. And she said, let people love you. I've been so afraid of letting people love me. I love people. (laughs) With all my heart. That's what gets me sometimes in trouble. (laughs) But tonight, and this afternoon, when I spoke out, that I said, Lord, I surrender to you. I die to myself and I give myself to you wholeheartedly just like I did 15 years ago but I still couldn't say Lord and right now I say Lord I choose to follow you with all my heart and I choose to let people love me and let people in and I choose to do and go and be everything that you have told me to do and will tell me to do and the only reason why (laughs) the only reason why I felt like I couldn't let people love me was because I didn't want to be hurt but it was my problem, not the people's problems around me. What <laughs> They were trying to love me, and I won't let them. So I wanna thank each and every one of you because you have shown me love that I've never been able to receive. And I know it's genuine. But right now, thank you, Jesus, that even in this room, Let God love you first,
8: but let people love you. We want to break that lie on anyone who has the same feelings as Kathy, because we live in the kingdom of love, whether it's here or in heaven, on earth as it shall be in heaven. And so if anyone has had that problem because they've been hurt, that they can't open up to receive love from other people, especially in the kingdom, we'd like to pray for you. We'd like you to come forward because this is a very serious thing. Because there's only two ways, Paul said, love or hate, light or dark. And so if you have this problem, don't stay in the dark. Come out into the bright light of God's love. Hallelujah.
7: It is a choice. It is a choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. It is a choice.
6: I just want to confirm that what you're saying is coming from the Holy Spirit when Warren got up I felt the same exact thing as what you said um, on my heart already and I wanted to say it but I didn't know how I wanted to say it the thing that I thought of when Warren came up is that what this uh, generation doesn't understand is what the love of God is and they don't have examples of it Everywhere they look. And it's something that is so hard for people to even believe exists in the real thing. And so um, one of the hardest things for us to do is to have the courage to show genuine love, to break through barriers, to do that. And that's something that I've, I've found harder to... Um, to expect people to receive it than it is to extend it, and but at the same time, I I'm in the same boat as as you are. But I want you to know that I love you, and a lot of other people do too. Um,
9: I grew up in a family um, we didn't show love. My father died when I was five, so maybe I never saw that mother father thing, but. I knew I was loved. My mother loved me unconditionally. She was always backing me, no matter what. Even if she didn't agree with me on many things. And she said, not only do I disagree, I think you're wrong. When I left the Catholic Church. But she never withheld her love from me. And I said, it's, you know, in God's love. And I, when I finally, I knew Jesus first. But when you learn the Daddy's love, Father God's love, that's when it makes a difference. You've got to know Jesus first. But Father God loves each one of us so much. He sent his son to die for us. That's how much we're worth to him. We sell ourselves short. We don't all show it as much as Marlene with her hugs. And I travel with Marlene and I feel really condemned. because Man, I don't do it the way she does it. I don't. Do it like Pastor Dan does it, and I've had guilt over that for many years, but I don't receive that anymore. I'm different. I'm married. Each one of us are different. We have a different way we operate, and it's okay. We don't have to do it the way everybody else does. We're all special just because we are who we are. Jesus died for me because I'm married, and He loves me. Not because he, I was my husband's wife or my kid's mother, just because I was married special each one of you are special there's not another one like you and it's okay and it's good because God is good he says we're each one of us are good we're so blessed you know for this church for this week set apart for God for the friends God have given us mostly for his son Jesus and, yeah, it's so cool when you came up and say that was so sweet. I mean, you know, each one of us has, it might just be a little thing, but it's something that someone else doesn't have. We don't have to have the same thing other people have. We each have something to give, and that's what He wants from us, not something we don't have or we don't. He doesn't expect us to give something we don't have, just what we have. And It's good. God says it's good. Amen.
7: A couple months ago, um, Tom in the back, back there, came up to me as I was coming into the sanctuary. And he spoke to me something that's very profound and it's for every single one here. And I believe that I found it today. He says, When you find out the treasure that's within you, you'll do exploits.
10: Jessica first started singing this song and she sang the phrase I want to know you more instantly, in a flash this scripture came to my mind. It's in Philippians. When it came to my mind I thought, I think that's in Philippians and it is. It's Philippians 3.10 that I might know him like it says and the power of his resurrection. Now that really jolts me and I like that But then the rest says in the fellowship of his suffering And being made conformable unto his death And that kind of agrees with what you've talked about this week About dying to ourselves And really living for him And how important that really is And that I don't think we really have a grasp of knowing him The way he really wants us to know him I think we just kind of hit the tip of the iceberg.
11: This keeps going through my head. It's uh, uh, building relationships through discipleship to advance the kingdom of God. When we first moved, my wife and I first moved to Stillwater. Um, we were looking for a body, looking for the church to connect with and of course you know um, just looking around trying to figure it out and that vision that mission statement building relationships through discipleship to advance the kingdom of God stuck with me because it's really ultimately all about relationships we've heard it all the way through this I uh, lost my mom back in May. Um, It was sudden. She was was 87, but she was doing really well. Um, And uh, she went peacefully. She went to bed. She always wanted to die in bed at her home. And she fell asleep one night and didn't wake up. You know, God granted her her wish. Um and I'm the only one that actually lives off of the east coast and my family so of course we rush around we pack up and we we go and it was a it was a running joke for years because my dad had passed away in 1990 and it was a running joke for years that if hey if there's something in the house you want talk to your sister Kathy she'll put it on the list and you could go to my mom's house and and pick up China or whatever and it had like my brother Stevie's name underneath it because that's who gets this when my mom dies and it was, it was kind of morbid at times but it's what it was <sighs> and so you know and I told PJ this I told Pastor John this um, we met up I think we met up just before I, I flew out and he goes how you doing how's everybody going I said you know if everybody plays their role when i get home if everybody plays their role we'll get through this there's six of us there's three sisters i have three sisters and two brothers and we have our in-laws and we have our nieces and nephews and i said if everybody plays their role we'll be good to go and i get home and i'm like okay what's my role well i'm the baby brother i'm i'm the baby by 9 years so i get home and it's you're going to do this and you're going to do cuz they're used to telling me what to do I'm 48 years old. Okay, and I just did it. I shut my mouth like I did all my life, and just did what I was supposed to do. And my sister played. My sister Diana played her role. My sister Kathy played her. I mean, everybody played their role, and it was wonderful. It was hilarious to watch at times because we're family. Huh? Well, I wake up. I get the. I get there on a Wednesday, or a t- I think it was a Tuesday, Tuesday or whatever day we got there, Friday, whatever it was. I get told, hey, we're going to have a family get-together on Sunday, and we're going to go over the reading of the list and the will. And I was like, okay. And so Sunday I wake up, I'm staying at my mom's house. Sunday I wake up, and I, I find myself constantly getting in the car just driving around the neighborhood in South Philadelphia just driving. I drive past where my mom grew up, and I'm like, all right, Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to do? And he goes, today you just stand and stay silent. Don't say a word. Okay? So I stand and I'm silent, and we get the whole family together. And it's funny because everybody winds up sitting except for, and it was just the brothers, sisters, and in laws. And my wife Deanna was standing on the other side of the table, and I was standing, and I think one other person in the room was standing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm standing. I'm, so far, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing what the Holy Spirit said. <sighs> and something was going on. My sister, with Kathy, was upset. Long story short, i uh, I'm kill the story with wearing this thing. But my dad received this ring when, in 1950-something from my mom. I don't know how she afforded it, but whatever. And my dad wore this ring all his life. He never took it off his hand, ever. And when he died in 1990, it was taken off his body and put in an envelope and sat on the bureau for 25 years. It's been almost 25 years to the day. My, my dad went into the hospital of May of 1990 and he died of July, in July. But he went into the hospital and he took this ring off and he gave it to my sister and said, hey, hold on to this for me. Take care of this. And it sat on that bureau until he died and they put it on his finger at the wake, and they take it off his finger, and they put an envelope, and there it is. Well, I would go home at times, and I would find myself walking into the house, and my mom's there, and I'd go up, and I'd look at my dad's dresser, you know, it's, it's not that it's been moved around a lot, but there's the wallet still there, and my dad's stuff. I remember opening up the case and looking at the ring, just kind of looking at it and put it back. Deanna always heard about this ring. She never saw it. Well... Apparently, all my brothers and sisters did the same thing. When they would come home for a visit, they would kind of go up into the, look at the ring, put it away. Well, my mom dies on a Wednesday. Some of my family's there going through the house. And I assume that my brother Stevie went upstairs and went to look at the ring, but the ring wasn't there. And my sister Diana came in from North Carolina. She went upstairs to look at the ring, but the ring wasn't there. I came in. Everybody was there. I didn't even think about going up there and looking at the ring, but... Well, everybody started asking my sister Kathy, who's in charge of everything, because she's the oldest, she's playing her role. Hey, what happened to Dad's ring? I don't know. Now that becomes a concern. Hey, what happened to Dad's ring? I don't know. Well, now we get together on Sunday, and my sister's all upset. She's, she's, she's about to lose it. We're thinking, oh, my gosh, she's going to tell us she has cancer or something. You know, he just, these all these goofy things start going around in your head, and everybody's like, Kath, what's wrong, what's wrong? She goes, I lied to you guys. Mom came down over the Memorial Day weekend, or no, I'm sorry, she came down for a wedding or something to North Carolina and she gave me this ring. She gave me the ring and she said, hold on to this for me. She goes, Mom, what are you doing? What, what? She goes, I don't know what to do with this thing. She goes, because we never figured out who gets this ring. And I'm like, I'm standing there like, oh my gosh. And she pulls it out in a Ziploc bag and it's like this Lord of the Rings type event now because everybody's sitting and this ring comes out and you could feel it in the room you could feel this the ring and it's in a ziploc bag you forgot you know and i'm like god not this everything is going to be perfect except for this everything else was figured out everything except for this stinking ring and I'm like, I don't want this to tear anything apart. And our family's not like that, but you don't know. You just don't know. And she <laughs> she puts it in the center of the table, and once she does that, it's... Now it's in the center of this table. It's like the night scene, you know? And my sister Dolores pulls it out of the bag, and now it's out of the bag. And again, it's this... <gasps> it's out of the bag. It's out of the bag. And... It, and my sister's holding it, and she goes, It's a, she, And before they were just talking about taking the ring apart and letting my sister Kathy have the ruby because she's the oldest, and let my other two sisters have the diamonds, and then we'll melt, melt down this little piece of gold, and each of the boys gets peace. We're like, No, that's Dad's ring. You don't do You I mean we could not figure it out? And my sister said she was going to bring it back up for Memorial Day weekend and give it to my mom and say, put, it, put a name on it, put an envelope, and seal it. When you die, we'll figure it out. She goes, But mom beat me to it. She died the 13th of May and not the 28th of May (laughs) so here's this ring and my sister pulls it out and she goes my sister the youngest girl goes it's a male it's a man's ring it should go to one of the men and she puts it on the table and my brother Eddie the oldest picks it up and he goes well I already have my dad's I already have dad's watch this cold watch he goes besides it doesn't fit me and he didn't even put it on his finger and he puts it in the center of the table And my brother Stevie's looking at it And my brother Stevie wanted this ring all his life He's a jewelry guy <laughs> my, sister, his, my sister-in-law, his wife, Nancy Grabs the ring and goes Let me tell you about this ring Your brother wants it so bad That I had a ring specially made to look like it He didn't like it and lost it on purpose She goes, so then I had a cheaper ring made To replace the ring he wanted that he, throw away, he basically threw away. And then, oh, he found it because he wanted them. She goes, so now we have two ruby rings in our house. They have two boys. He goes, so, she goes, so both my sons get ruby rings when he dies. <laughs> and we're laughing. And they put the ring on the table. My sister Dolores picks it up and she turns to me and she goes, then it's yours. Do you have an issue with this? And I'm like, oh, no. And I went, no. And in an instant... Do you have a problem with it? No. Do you have a problem with it? No. And They went through each person, yes or no, right here on the spot. It's family. We're making this decision. And I, I say all this because it's, it, it's something that could have tore us apart. It's something that could have been a little, uh. <clears throat> In fact, there was an issue. My, my one sister, Diana, hesitated. Of course, because she's playing her role. That's who she is. She hesitates. And everybody, Diana, yes or no? And she goes, yes. And so the next day, I take the ring and I get it cleaned. I want to make sure it's okay because I don't want to wear it. And something happened to one of the jewels. I come home and my sister Diana is vacuuming because that's Diana. And she stops the vacuum because we're the only two in the house and it's my mom's house. And she's staying there, I'm staying there, everybody else is staying at their houses. And she goes, listen, Sean, I didn't have a problem with you getting the ring. I really didn't have a problem at all with you getting the ring. She goes, the issue I had was that I haven't seen that ring in 20 years. She goes, that ring sat for a, a quarter of a century. That's insane for something to sit because something can't make a decision. I haven't seen that ring in 25 years. And now it's in a Ziploc bag on the middle of the table. And I had just gotten it cleaned at the jewelers and I had it in a jewelry box in my pocket. And I went, well, here, look at it. And she was like, I can't touch it. And I just went like this, and she took it, and she looked at it, and she went, it's yours. And we got, and that was the only issue for that thing. Monday, Monday or Tuesday, we had the service for my mom. We're getting ready. I go into one, the back bedroom, and my sister, Diana, she's getting ready. And she, she goes, hey look, and she shows me this ring. It was my mom's Hallahan High School ring. And it's, it's really a really cool ring. And she goes, look, the sisters, the girls, decided that I get, I get mom's Hallahan ring. And I went, I don't care, I got dad's ring. Because that's my role. I'm going to poke a little bit. And She laughed, and we laughed, and that was what it was. And so I'm sitting here this whole time, and I sat here last night, and we left last night, and, and my wife Deanna, we were talking about this, this group of people. And I got Dawn, my daughter, sitting in her back, and it's, it's home. This is, this is who we are, we, and we play our roles. We, we pray for each other, we mourn with each other, we help each other, we, we do for each other. We get irritated with each other, you know? It's, it's in the building of the relationships and there's this love and it's learning how to to give and receive love. It's love is the willing, the will for the good of another person. The good of another person. That It's not thinking about myself and it's not really just trying to think about another person. It's willing the good for the other person. Willing the healing. Willing those things. That's what family is and we play our roles and we play our roles perfectly and we stay and do what we're supposed to do plugged in the kingdom is advanced we disciple each other by by learning from each other by letting that person play their role and and not stepping in and, and trying to do stuff we're not supposed to do we've talked about this it's this building of a relationship with each other I mean it's family. This is this is a family setting. It's, it's either this church or another church or it's churches all together. Huh. I, again, it just keeps running through my mind. It's this relationship, relationship. And there's little things that can tear us apart. And each family has a unique little quirk to itself. And so I just want to say, closing, because that's 10 minutes, right? that as I stand up here and, and as I came in it's just like for me going back to Philadelphia it's just like when I go back into family it's, it's always welcome and it's always faces and it's always the experiences that you have with each other and it's not the buildings of course we know that my mom's house is no longer my mom's house I have no desire to ever go back to South Philly again thank God Yeah, yeah, no. Um, But it's about the family. I I talked to my sister and she goes, You know, I said this New Year's and I thought about all the family members that have passed away. I mean, our family's getting old. I tell my, I'm 48, I'm the youngest by nine years, and I tell my brothers and sisters, When I turn 50, you guys are old because they're all retiring now. It's family, it's building relationships. It's doing what we're supposed to do, where we're supposed to do it, when we're supposed to do it. I bless each and every one of you for what you guys have done for me in my life. And each and every one of you. I appreciate. Continue playing your roles, and we'll see this kingdom advanced.